everyone, and welcome to Thrifters Villa, a podcast for resellers and entrepreneurs. I'm Daniela, and welcome to another episode of Coffee Talk. On today's episode, I have a friend of mine. Her name is Nikki. Uh, well, her real name is Chandra, but she'll tell you about that in the episode. Uh, and we are going to talk about budgeting and how to use your money when you're a reseller and what to do when you're trying to save for something in your life or pay off certain debts. And um, I just really love what Nikki is doing and I support her in every business venture that she's going into. And I wanted to give her the opportunity to come on and talk to all of you. So I hope you love this episode and everything that Nikki talks about in this episode, her workbook, her YouTube, everything will be linked down below in the show notes. So please check her out. All right. Enjoy the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Coffee Talk. I am your host today, Daniela. This is Lori's week that she has off. And today I have Nikki with me. Hello, Nikki. Hi, Daniela. So Nikki and I are friends outside of this podcast. We have been friends for, uh, I'd say, half a year now, Nikki. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just about, just about half a year. Um, and Nikki is not her real name, and she'll explain all that to you in a little bit. Um, but Nikki is Glow Girl Glow on Instagram, so make sure you guys follow her. I will have all information linked down below because there's lots of different things that you can do to support Nikki in this journey. Um, but Nikki, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me, Daniela. Of course, this has been in the works for a little bit, so I finally made some adjustments in the schedule and made sure I got you in. Um, cause I want to have you on here. You have some really great stuff that you're doing. And I think, um, you found like your little path in this reselling yes. journey, it's not just reseller related There's more coming with it, which I love. And, um, and I want to support people that don't have big followings cause I don't have a big following either. My following <laughs> is not that big, but, um, I have this platform. So I like to bring people on that are doing great things that others might not know who they are. So Nikki, I will have you introduce yourself to everyone who's listening. Well, hello, everyone. My name is actually Chandra. That's my first name. Um, but everyone calls me Nikki over the internet. And Nikki comes from my middle name, which is just Nicole. So I just gave myself an alter ego, which is Nikki. Um, I'm the creator of Glow Girl Glow. It's just a community of women achieving their financial goals and just glowing up. And I'm a full-time mail carrier at the United States Postal Services. And then I resell on the side on Poshmark, Macari, and eBay to help pay off of all of this debt I'm in. So I'm on a journey of becoming debt-free. My goal is to become debt-free within five years, and that's the reason why I'm reselling. And I'm from Atlanta, Georgia. I have two amazing kids. I have a 17-year-old daughter and a five-year-old son. So yeah, that's a little bit about me. Let me tell you, your son is the most adorable thing on the planet. Whenever you post videos of him, he's so excited to be sitting there in his Zoom classroom and everything. I just, he really has just embodied the whole virtual learning aspect of it. And he's made it his own little fun world. Mm -hmm. And I love that as a teacher myself, you know, I just, I think it's great when you see kids actually engaging. He obviously has very good educators who are engaging him throughout the day um, because it's very difficult to keep a five-year-old on the computer mm-hmm. for that long period of time. And I know he gets breaks, but it's really, yep. I love when you post videos of him. Yeah. 
he's a good boy that one <laughs> yeah he is and actually you know I thought it was going to be a struggle with getting him to learn how to use a computer because of course you know I have a computer here, but he doesn't use it. He more so plays on the tablet and the phones, but getting him to transition to actually a laptop was, you know, it was pretty easy for him. So I'm excited about that. Yeah, I feel like kids nowadays, because they're introduced to technology so early, yep. they just pick it up and they watch mm-hmm. us do it, which I'm sure helps. They see, you know, he sees you using the laptop and how you maneuver things around and kids are mm-hmm. so smart. Their brains just mold to everything that we do and say. Yeah. Um, so that's good. I'm glad because I know some people that are listening have struggled with distance learning, but here's a mom who's who's working full time mm-hmm. and reselling part time and she she's making it work. So it can't be done, friends. So if you ever need help or advice or anything, Nikki's always available. She'll she'll give you some tips on what she does with her son. Yes, I will. <laughs> so Nikki, what I know that you're on the debt free journey, which probably was why you started reselling, but like why not do something else? Why was reselling the thing that came to mind for you? Well, um, actually, I was already on the apps selling my son's clothing, and I was just like, okay, well, maybe if I can put some of my things on there, I could get, you know, more money from and possibly get out of debt, you know, quicker with a little extra money. So that's the reason why I actually tried that. And then also, I've tried like the little side gigs like DoorDash and um and those side hustles however I didn't want to put the extra miles on my car because I'm already driving a distance to my full-time job already so I wanted to actually just do something that I could just stay at home and still be with my kids and make some money yeah I I started reselling I totally hear that because I've always been ever since I was 15 16 years old I've always worked two three four jobs like that's just who I am as a person and I had to I had to help my parents out you know and Mm -hmm. then with my own things I had to pay for and school and wedding and house and all that kind of stuff. Um, And I always worked outside of the home and um, it's exhausting (laughs) to work part-time jobs (laughs) outside the home and you miss a lot and you uh, miss holidays and Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you leave the house at 7 a.m. or 6 a.m. and you get home at midnight sometimes. Yes, yes. (laughs) You know, it became, it was just too much. And my friend Jill, who was on here recently, you know, she had been reselling for a while and I'd seen her post things on Instagram and stuff, but I never really like thought anything about it. And I've always sold stuff. I've always, Mm -hmm. always done it since I was young, but I never thought of it as reselling and understand that there was, that was an actual thing that you could do. Right. Getting rid of stuff that I had. Mm -hmm. And, um, and when I realized that she was actually making a part-time income on it, I was like, all right, well, I think I can do it. And I eased my way into it. And now it's like mm-hmm. an enormous snowball that I can't stop, but mm-hmm. um, it's become a big part of, of my life and what I do. And it, and it does consume a lot of my time, but I get to be home and do it. Right. Right. Exactly. Part, right? Like mm-hmm. so I outside sourcing, but not, not as much as I was before. I'm now sourcing mm-hmm. a lot online and finding other ways to get inventory. Um, but I get to be home and do it from the comfort of my pajamas in bed right (laughs) which is nice and the same with the podcast too like you know do we get a ton of money from the podcast well well, no like we're a small little reseller podcast we do make a little bit but it's not like you know it's 
not, it gets us a cup of coffee. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's not like it's crazy, <laughs> but I can do it in pajamas if I want, or I can, you know, it, it's, and I enjoy doing it. So like, I'm finding different ways as are you to create these multiple streams of income from the comfort of your own home, which with COVID and the pandemic has kind of launched a lot of us to just branch out and do these different things, which then brings us to your whole vision for budgeting and being debt free. Right. So, um, I know you're on a journey. I don't know if you want to go into detail or if you want to let the audience know what it is that you're trying to accomplish with your debt-free journey. Well, with me becoming debt-free, my goal is to do that within five years. And um, what I do is I just plan out my paychecks or every single dollar I have coming in. I just give it a job to do so that I can know exactly where my money is going. And with the reselling, um, I just took one focus, which is this year's just my car. So with my reselling income, I take out um, my profit that I'm going to put back into the business. And then I take the remaining balance and put it towards my car payment so you're um, almost done paying it too right yes I'm about like $3,500 more my goal is the end of the year so I, I really have to get on it and start listing some more items and things like that but yeah I, I'm about $3,500 left on my car I'm going to give you some suggestions off air of what you could do okay selling We'll, we'll talk after. Sorry, guys. private <laughs> conversation. <laughs> um, so here, here's my thing. So I like the, the vision of being debt free is like everyone's goal, right? And it's just it's mm-hmm. something that I think society has made very hard to do um, for various reasons. One, we live in a society where we focus all our time on social media and propaganda and marketing, and we see new things and we want it and it looks good and um, I know you were in the same trap with, you know, ordering things from Fashion Nova all the time uh-huh. and giving money away to fast fashion and mm-hmm. um, buying coffee at Starbucks every day because Starbucks is king, you know what I mean? <laughs> like all these different things and, and we're all guilty of it. And all of these things, until you really start to focus on um, what are all, all these extra expenses that you have, which is what you're doing, mm-hmm. you're writing everything out. You actually don't realize how much money you really have in hand because you're just mm-hmm. sending it out left and right. Exactly. It, it's that's such, exactly right. It's such a trap. Um, and I and I think that that's just the way our society has been built, unfortunately. And to change your entire mentality around it is um, admirable because I think it, there are just so many temptations out there. Mm-hmm. It's so easy to just swipe a card and say, "Well, that's okay. Like I can I can pay that next month. I'll pay it off next month. It's only a hundred dollars." Right. Because just like this month, um, I've been at Starbucks more than I would normally be at Starbucks. I really don't really go into the Starbucks actual store. Um, I normally just pick up my iced coffee from the grocery store and I include that in my budget. But however, I did receive some gift cards from some friends. So I um, started to use them at the stores and then, okay, I got addicted to uh-huh. um, the mocha cookie crumble so I'm like okay well I'm spending a lot of a lot of time here lately let me just create a budget for it and just whenever this money is gone that is it because like you said you're swiping the card and you're not realizing oh a week later you spent a hundred dollars at Starbucks which is so easy to do because <laughs> Starbucks is so expensive I mean yes. Yes, it is delicious <laughs> do not get me wrong I love myself a good Starbucks coffee mm-hmm. however 
when you start to continuously, you see the pattern form when it comes to Starbucks, it becomes very addicting. Same thing with anything else. And we can relate this to reselling as well, because I am a huge, and I know you are too, advocate on not using your personal money for reselling. Mm -hmm. um, now this applies, obviously, if you are a part-time reseller. I mean, it could apply if you're a full-time reseller too, and you'll have another individual spouse, partner, whatever it is um, that has money coming in. But you as an individual, as a reseller, should not be touching your full-time income mm -hmm. that is coming in from another job, another source, whatever that source is, to fund your reselling business. You shouldn't even be swiping a credit card for it. I know right. people do it to get points. Don't mm -hmm. do it. Unless you plan on paying it off the second that statement comes in. Exactly. Don't do it. <laughs> Some exactly. people can afford to do it. And that's great. If that's your method and you, you accumulate points for travel and whatever, but you were, you pay it off. As soon as that money comes into the business, you're paying it off, then by all means do it. The majority of people cannot do that. And I think it's important to note that as you can become addicted with purchasing Starbucks all the time, you can also become mm -hmm. addicted to buying inventory all the time. Mm -hmm. It is a yeah. trap that we all fall into. I've fallen into it. Nikki's fallen into it. I don't care who you talk to. We've mm -hmm. all fallen into it where it's just so good every time you go and you have to keep buying more <laughs> because in our brains, we've convinced ourselves that the more that we list, the more that we sell, which is not always true. It's yeah. actually what it is that you're picking up that sells, not necessarily mm -hmm. the brands um, and what styles you're picking up. So I... Can you talk to the people out there, Nikki, because this is, this is your thing, <laughs> that fall into this inventory trap? Because I think we see this a lot in the social media world on Instagram. I feel like, you know, you're mm -hmm. always seeing certain people always sourcing in their, you know, they have this, um, I mean, it's social media. They put up all these pictures of these great items mm -hmm. and signing, and they have all these boxes of all these sales, but you don't really know the story behind it. And I think we all fall into this like weird place where we feel like we need to do everything that they're doing. Right. And I totally agree with you, Daniela, because I was one of those people. I was always online listening to the YouTube videos, looking at social media, seeing what everybody else is picking up. And I was out there trying to find these items. And when I come across them, um, not only did I not do my research, but I didn't know anything about style and brands or any of that. I just was going by, okay, well, they say it pick up um, J. Crew. They say pick up Banana Republic. They say all of these um, names and I'm finding them, but I don't know if these are actually good items. And, and I don't know the price point in which I would receive a profit off those items because I, I wasn't checking comps either. So I was picking up these items and they wasn't selling for much or not selling at all. And I was, you know, stuck with that. And then I'm spending money that really I haven't even made anything as of yet. So I just started from my own personal closet with everything that I had that I did not want, I did not love anymore. And I just would list those items. And then once I started to make a profit, I would just set a small budget which for me is just $50. And I would just take that $50 and just reinvest it back into the business. And then when I go out there looking for items, not only do I check the comps when I'm out there, but I pick up stuff that I know in the past have sold for me. So that's what I do when it comes to out shopping. Yeah, I think setting a budget for your sourcing is very important. Mm -hmm. It's very easy to um, not follow a budget when you're sourcing because <laughs> you might see certain items that you know will bring you a high return and they're more than what you would normally spend 
on an item and then you just you just get into a habit of just doing it all the time i know i've done it um i try to be very smart about it but there are times where um you know my brain gets the best of me and i just i just do it yeah <laughs> um and then i regret it afterwards but you know but once i sell the item i'm okay but it's like you know i yeah <laughs> just stay within your means of reselling as right. well Mm-hmm. You know, just like you need to stay within your means for your personal everyday life, you need to do the same with reselling. And I think it's okay to be a little conservative with reselling because there are so many different ways to acquire inventory. So like for you, Nikki, right. you can set a budget of $50 and you can go sourcing. You'd have enough inventory for what, a week maybe? Well, actually that's for the month, um, oh, Daniela. No, oh, and no, Nikki, and I no. wish. <laughs> and look, you see, I keep my cost of goods very low. I'm spending about 50 cents per item. Wow. No more. Yeah, no more than five bucks. And that's really pushing it for me. But I, you know, there's, they have deals here. So I try to go to the sales where I'm getting items for 50, you know, 50 cents. So that's how I'm able to keep my cost of goods really low and, and able to stock up on inventory because it's, it's 50 cents. I'm so jealous of you. Right now. <laughs> I wish. The best I can get is 99 cents on a color that's been out for like a week and a half. So maybe even two weeks. Very different. Then I'm selling a lot of bread and butter brands. So I run across um, like Levi's, American Eagle, all of those type of items all the time. And like you said, like you said before, you have to stay in our means. So I go back and, and see in my closet, well, what has been selling for me? And those were the items that were selling for me compared to other items that I was hearing um, other resellers selling yep. that was selling well for them. So I just had to just focus on what was working for me. And because I'm coming across those items more frequently, I pick them up now. Yeah, I, I'm the same way. So here's the thing with me. I love American Eagle and I would pick it up all the time. But the thrift stores here, like the major thrift stores, like a Savers, um, they market so high that I can't pick it up. And I'm forced to go into these other brands that you might see other mm-hmm. people pick up because they're actually mm-hmm. priced more reasonably. If I go to, so I'm a big Salvation Army girl. I love sourcing at Salvation Armies across the various mm-hmm. states near me. Um, the perks of living in New, New England, like things are not that far <laughs> from me. Like I can drive 40 minutes and be in a different state or you can drive 30 minutes and be in a different state. Um, so when I go to those places, when I go to a Salvation Army or like a smaller thrift, um, I always, always go for the items that are on sale that week. So like I'll go for the 99 cent tags. I'll go for mm-hmm. the half off tags because their prices are already uh, cheaper to begin with, plus a manly discount on it. So when I can get to those places, I'm able to go into those bread and butter brands that you're talking about mm-hmm. more that sell quickly that I think people forget about. Like when I'm shopping for myself at a thrift store, I'm looking for like Loft and Old Navy yes. and Target and things like that, because that's just what I wear. Um, right. So people know, right. You, you have to go off of what people know. So if that's easy for you to, very accessible for you to pick up and it's affordable and you're paying 50 cents, why wouldn't you do mm-hmm. it? Why wouldn't you exactly. pick it up? And even if you only make $20 on each piece, your cost of goods was 50 cents. Like right. <laughs> my average pair of jeans here is between $9.99 and $15.99. Like, and I'm in New wow. England. So this is like the, the difference between being in Atlanta, Georgia and being in Rhode Island. Mm-hmm. Like the prices are very different. Cost of living is very different. Um, right. So for me, I, an average, like if I want to budget in sourcing for me, I have to budget between now I've worked up to this. This is not like where I was when I first started. When I first started, it was like a hundred dollars for like the month. That's like where I started. See? Now I'm at yeah. about a hundred 
to two hundred dollars a week, depending on how much money I've made over the last couple. Right. Of years. So it, it my revenue has gone up, so I'm able to spend more um, to reinvest mm -hmm. in the business. But then there are weeks where I don't source at all because I have a backlog of mm -hmm. things, and I'm a big advocate of like at least photographing all the backlog and then slowly listing it out. Um, I have a bigger backlog than I normally would right now because of, well, just the climate of what's going on in the world. And we don't know what the next month or two are going to bring. Um, and I've, I, you know, I've, I've spent more, but I've been more strategic with my sourcing. Um, so I feel like, and I'm going to speak of my own personal experience right now, but I feel like I'm in a really weird place where I'm reinvesting so much and I'm not saving as much as I would like. Um, yeah. And it's just because of what I, I don't know what the next couple of months are going to are going to bring. Mm -hmm. I mean, Rhode Island right now is like on the top 10 list of like worst cases in the United States. So we're in a really bad place here and we're heading we're, tomorrow starts um, a quote unquote pause. And it basically just means that bars are going to be closed. Restaurants will still be open. Bars will be closed and gyms will be closed. But everything else is basically business as usual with some changes in the capacity of people in each establishment. Um, but with Thanksgiving in the next couple of weeks, I'm sure cases will rise even more. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's like a big snowball and I want to be prepared because obviously none of us were prepared in March. Um, right. but in doing that, I've now set myself back in other things that I wanted to do. So, um, while it was intentional at the same time, I'm kind of kicking myself because I've put myself in the situation. And no, I actually think it's smart, Daniela, yeah. to actually buy those um, items because now you have inventory sitting there where you could list and um, sell because what if everything shuts back down yeah. again? So I think that's really smart. Yeah, but it's like, it's such a hard business decision to make. When, but here's yeah. the other part of it too, is I have a full-time income. Like it shouldn't affect yeah. me the way that it does, but it does mm -hmm. affect me because I use this reselling money. It has now become a part of my regular income. So right. I rely on, you know, X amount of dollars to come in basically every week to um, help pay off different things. Maybe put gas in my car so I don't mm -hmm. have regular money. Um, we stopped, you know, using my full-time income for paying my student loan. And now that's coming directly out of my reselling money. So now I need to allocate that, you know, five yeah. Range yeah. my student loan. So that now that that cuts back on what I can source. Right. So like I have to, re, I'm in a, like, I'm in a readjusting phase and um, but it's, it's hard because when you are consistently reselling and consistently making that money, that income that's coming in becomes a part of your life. Yeah. Whether you realize it or not, even if you're using mm -hmm. it just to become debt free, it is now yeah. a part of my budget. Mm -hmm. You are absolutely right. Because like I mentioned, I'm focusing on paying off my car. So now that I know that, OK, I've been working on other things and the reselling has been taking the back seat, my um, my income shows for that. I, my income really has been split in half this month because I haven't put a lot of focus into the reselling this month like I should have been and now I see it and now, you know so I'm so I can't pay what I normally used to pay towards my car I can't pay that for this month but now I know what I need to be doing and I'm just going to get back on it but yeah it definitely becomes a part of your life when you're seeing that amount of money coming in each month and to see it drop yep. <sighs> yeah it's hard 
it's hard. And then you have to realign your goals. And, you know, this yep. all goes into budgeting and, and just understanding what it means to be debt free. And, and I'm not like, so like, I listen to Dave Ramsey, but I'm not mm -hmm. like a huge follower of everything that he does. Like, I like some of his principles and some of the things that he talks about, but there are just some things he's very extreme on that I just like, yep. I adopt <laughs> into my lifestyle. Um, I mean, if I had to, I absolutely, you know, I would, but it's not something that I want to do right now. Like, I, we can't go down to one car, could we? Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to. No, um, you know, and I also don't want to get rid of my car that I'm yes. paying off. It's the other thing too. Like, there's just certain things I just can't get behind. But mm -hmm. um, I know he played an influence on you going into this debt-free journey. And this is not going to be a Dave Ramsey plug to whoever's out there. We're just going <laughs> to talk about what what Nikki's done. Um, do you think like do you follow his method 100 percent, or like, or have you created your own standards just and used his principles to kind of adopt what it is that you're doing? Yeah, I use his principles as just like a template, just like a blueprint for me. His methods, just like you mentioned, is extreme, like the living off of rice and beans and beans and rice. I that I love to eat. So that's like yeah. my <laughs> that's like my thing. So I have to set a budget aside for it just out to eat because I do work, you know, at the post office. So a lot of times I'm out in my meal truck. So I want to grab a quick bite to eat. Not, you know, not every day I pack a lunch because I have to take like cold cuts and stuff like that because there's no microwave around for me to heat up any food. Right. So um yeah, I just take his blueprint. I mean use his ways as just like a blueprint and I come up with my own way now I do use his cash envelope system I love that method when I was using cash however you know a lot of times these um facilities are not giving back change and I need my coins so yeah. I'm using a card for that I just set aside a uh, um budget for it and then I'm now transitioning into the um, envelopes on the app so they have different apps where you can have envelopes on there as well and spend from them so I'm trying that out can you talk um, about the envelope yeah. system and then the apps too because that's interesting yeah the envelope system is just okay you have an envelope and you just set aside a certain budget for each envelope so for me thrifting will have a $50 budget amount and it, that will have its own envelope so that's one envelope and then I will have one for out to eat now my out to eat budget may be $50 so I have another envelope for that one um, for my coffee is $20 so I have an envelope for that one and you just put the cash inside of that and you keep that in your wallet and anytime that you're out at the store or anytime that you're going thrifting or wherever you're um, spending money at you want to just have that amount inside of that so that way you won't use your card and you won't go over your budget you only use the cash that's inside that envelope now the apps it's yeah. the same thing it's just digital okay it's the same exact thing you could just set up a um, different envelopes on the app and then set budget amounts for them. And then once you are out spending, you just go back in. It's everything is manual though, you, unless you link your banking account and uh, okay. kind of the about that. Can you yeah. link your bank account and do it that way? Yeah, I on Mint, I link my bank account. I have Mint as well and it does it too. However, sometimes they don't put the right thing in the right category. Yeah. So say for instance, if you're doing cash app, they may put it up on the restaurants or something like that. And it's not actually what you're spending that money on, you have to go in there and change it. So that's basically what the um, digital cash apps does. It's just the same thing, it's just digital form. Is there At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. 
and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. The one that you like more than another, I'm in the app store right now. Yeah, I like Simple Budget. Simple Budget, let's look it up. Simple Budget. Oh, Simple Budget Envelopes. Okay, it's the first one that comes up. Okay. Cool. Well, there's lots of different ones on here. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's Simple Budget. What else? Um, there's, I know Mint has one. It's not a cash one, envelope on Mint. It just have different budget. categories. Yep, Good Budget. Yep. Yep, I see that Budget, Budget Planner uh oh wow there's lots of different ones on here so yeah guys if you go through the app store you just type in budget or simple budget or budget envelopes there's a ton Mm -hmm. of apps that you can go through and see which one you like better of course a lot of this is also um like visually some people just respond to different things uh spending tracker take control of your money look at this yeah (laughs) yes a whole lot of there's a whole lot of good ones out there. Well, this one has charts for all my analytical friends out there. Spending tracker. It has charts and everything. All right. Anyway, full <laughs> 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 of apps. Uh, yeah. So uh, that's a really good. So when I was younger, I used to do that too. Um, when I worked like two or three part-time jobs plus a full-time job and I was in college, I would have envelopes, but I never realized that was an actual system until yeah. I heard of Dave Ramsey. And that's just something that people do. Who knew? Um but yeah, so that's cool. So you do your envelope system. What else do you do, Nikki? Um, I do believe in his $1,000 um, emergency fund starting off. So I do have that. However, I kind of tweaking, I'm tweaking it a little bit. So what I decided to do is just have one month of expenses um, as a starter emergency fund. So say for instance, if anything happened, I'm one month ahead. So I can pay all of my bills at least for the next 30 days if something was to happen. And then I'm going to bump that up to three months and then I'm going to bump it up to six months. And then eventually I want to start doing it yearly so that's just one of my goals that's just how I'm tweaking that part of it and then I also use his zero um, based budget method which basically is taking all of the money I have coming in and giving it a job to do I love that you say you're giving it a job because I think that's a good way to look at money (laughs) is that it's serving a purpose it has a Mm -hmm. job to do it's not just this free-flowing invisible thing because now we have debit cards right so like we never have hand. Um, mm-hmm. which I think is awful as a society that we've gone to all plastic to as our currency. I think when you hold cash in your hand, it just, it gives you a different um, picture of what you're doing and you're actually mm-hmm. being and feeling it. Um, and that exchange of money is powerful. And I think it's really important to teach children that and have them use money first before getting a debit card, have them know what it feels like to have a $5 bill in their hand and it be taken away and getting nothing back. Right. Um, I think that's crucial. And I think as a society, if we could kind of go a little old school sometimes and carry more cash, I think it would mm-hmm. be a world of difference for all of us and understanding that. I think in 2021, what I'm going to do, and this is something I've written down in my passion planner is one of my goals is I want to start using cash for my reselling business when I buy inventory and not mm-hmm. swiping a card, um, which makes it a little dif- difficult when it comes to then like the um, accounting side of it. But I will just have to make yeah. sure that I'm more diligent in going in and manually putting in the cash amounts that I'm 
that I'm doing. Um, mm -hmm. It's doable. You can totally do it. There's lots of apps out there that allow it. Um, but that is something that I want to do because I think if I see the cash and I feel the cash, it's going to be different for me. Yeah. <laughs> I totally agree with you, Daniela. The reason why I do use my car, because I was doing that before, and the reason why I use my car now is, is because I do have a separate checking account directly for just reselling. So um, I don't have, I don't mix the two. I don't mix my personal with my business. I, it has its own separate checking and savings. So when I swipe my car, I'm actually saving money if it, because uh, my my um card, my checking account allows me to keep the change, so it rounds it up, and I'm actually saving money over there as well. It's yeah. while I'm spending. are you using Chime? I'm using Vero. Vero, okay, Vero. I know a lot of people use Chime. I um I have Chime. I don't use it for reselling. I was using it for saving purposes, um, mm -hmm. but then I I kind of laid off of it a little bit, and I actually use um Capital One because I have two yeah. other accounts with them, uh, so mm -hmm. it was very easy for me to link. My, to create a, a checking account with Capital One. And I, I like that I can transfer things from my Capital One account to my citizens account easily. Cause my citizens is my full-time, like that is my bills and like all that kind of stuff. My reselling one is in my Capital One account. Um, but regardless, uh, yeah. So I think having a separate bank account is important. And I, I, I also feel like, yes, for me, it's easier to have it all linked because all my reselling money goes into one place. But if I'm still only pulling from that one checking account, I think I'll be okay. Right. You know, I just think that the power of holding money is it's powerful. It's powerful. It is. Yeah. Yeah. And I just think like in spite of it, because we're just swiping and you don't mm -hmm. necessarily realize what you're swiping until you look at your, you <laughs> your app and you look at your account. And you're like, oh, I have twenty five dollars left. OK, well, I guess I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Right. You are totally right. Because who actually just goes through their transactions anyway? But yeah, you can get lost. Yeah, you can get lost in it if you're just swiping and swiping. And sometimes the money don't come out right away. That's what I'm noticing as well. It doesn't come out right away sometimes. Nope. So you have to be mindful of that. What you what you think you may have in there may not be, you know, correct. Right. And then you're going in and let's say you're going to a store the next day and you still have something that's pending and you go and spend, yeah. you, think you have 300, but you really only have a hundred and you go in and you spend 150 and then the next day that other transaction clears and now you're in the hole. So, yeah. um, yes, that's like, that's the downfall of swiping the <laughs> card all the time and not checking it. So please check your statements and make sure everything is accurate. Don't do right. like me and not check it. <laughs> I do check it. I, I check it actually more frequently than I probably should. I'm a little obsessive about it because I always mm -hmm. want to make sure that I have money in there because um, in a previous life, when I was younger, I was uh, very bad with money and I just spent and spent and spent. And um, I think it was a way for me to cope with like things that were going on in my life. And you fall into like this weird, you know, people get different addictions when they're coping with um, emotions. And for me, it was shocking. Yeah. Yeah. Shopping was just how I coped with different things that I was going through. And, um, and I just, you know, you, you think that you need the materialistic stuff to make you feel good. And I think that some people with shopping addictions become resellers because it feels good to them to buy mm -hmm. all the inventory, um, and buy things that they, you know, at a really good price. Um, but they're never actually making money. They're just yeah. spending it. And I think, um, when you're looking at creating a budget and you are a reseller, I think it's important to be honest with yourself. Like, are you actually making money from this or are you just taking the money and reinvesting it and you just have inventory everywhere? Right. That's a good point. 
because I think a lot of us forget that like you know you're on this high of sourcing and then you look and you look at what did I actually accomplish this month mm-hmm. so right it, it all depends on what your goals are and your goal might be just to have this as a hobby you, this might not be you know reselling might not be what it is for Nikki and I for you and that's fine like there's no rule but mm-hmm. if your goal is to be on this debt-free journey then you like having those honest conversations with yourself or with someone that you trust, um, I think is important. When it Definitely. Because money is the number one leading cause to arguments and all mm-hmm. of those things. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. It can change a whole lot in your yeah. life. It can. It can. Uh, so Nikki, you've created an ebook. So this is this is what's cool about Nikki is that she started off in this like simple little, I'm gonna sell my kids clothes and then I'm gonna sell my own clothes and I'm gonna start making more money. I'm gonna start this like debt-free journey and then I'm gonna meet some people in the reselling world and then I'm gonna get like totally wrapped in and everything. And now I'm creating an ebook and now she has a YouTube channel and all of these different things. Um, so why don't you talk about the ebook, which guys I'll link, I'll link it down below. Um, uh, Nikki has an Etsy site where you can purchase yeah. the ebook, but I'll have her explain what the ebook is about and what her vision and mission was behind it. Yes. Yeah, so actually it's a budget workbook thing, Yella. So it's not really an ebook. It's just a, a budgeting workbook. And what it is, it just has different um worksheets in there where you could just budget out your money and you could give your money a job to do because that's the goal we're trying to get out of debt we're trying to save money and we're trying to know exactly where our money is going so I've created several different worksheets to um for you to keep track of your finances and then it's on my Etsy shop and my goal for my YouTube channel is just basically the same thing I'm just sharing my numbers my real numbers because a lot of time what I'm finding is people are ashamed of you know of their debt and they are ashamed of sharing their income so I follow other um debt-free accounts however they're not showing their faces on there they're not there it's only just a uh Instagram full of just numbers and to me I I want to, you know, get personal with people. I want to be more like face to face, basically, because I'm not ashamed of where, you know, where my numbers are. I just want to inspire people and let them know that they can do it, too. I don't think that I make the most money or have this extreme income. And it's not even really about how much money you're making, because if I'm making $10,000 a month and I'm spending $10,000 a month and not bringing anything back in, then I'm then I'm not making any money, really, to be honest. So I just share my my real numbers in hopes that I can inspire other people that's out here that want to get in control of their finances to do the same and my income have dropped completely too because not all the time what I budget my income to be not all the time it's like that sometimes it's lower even when I was out homeschooling my kids it was significantly lower because right. I never received a 80 hour check I never re- you know at my job we always get overtime so I don't know what a a 40 hour work week look like for me, um, just flat pay because right. I never received that. So I didn't know how to budget for that in my head. I just assumed that, okay, well, maybe I can make a that maybe a, it, my check should be at least a thousand dollars. But when I got it, it was only like eight ninety five. So right. I had to make, you know, make, um, the reselling business work along with what I was bringing in with my full-time job. So I had to bump it up a little bit and I had to source smarter to get those more higher ticket item so mm-hmm. yes 
but it also launched you into creating all these different you know um different things with yep. the workbook and with um youtube and everything obviously mm -hmm. youtube is not monetized that takes time but eventually you know that will be another stream of income for you that will come in and i think your story and the way that you do things um your youtube will grow quickly because you have a certain mission and certain things that you stand for and being a single mm -hmm. mom and you're going to reach a certain group of people that are going to resonate with whatever it is that you're saying um, and they don't right. necessarily have to be resellers too. That's the other great mm -hmm. thing about it is that this relates to everyone. You're just using your example of reselling um, as a part of your journey, but people could literally join in. People could nanny, people could, I don't know, maybe they knit, maybe they can start yeah. a shop um, with their jewelry, or maybe they make soaps and lotions. I mean, there's all different mm -hmm. things that you can do out there. People even, um, one of my sister's friends creates like different poems and stuff, and it's all handwritten on like antique paper and people buy it and she frames it. And it, it's like an antique piece that people hang. So there's all different things that you can do. You can even go on websites like Fiverr, for example, yep. and be a social media manager for someone and you're creating social media posts. Like the opportunities are endless if you want to make extra money. The opportunities yes. are there. Um, yeah. but Nikki's whole purpose is to help guide you in how to use these extra income or maybe just the one income that you have doesn't necessarily have to be extra income mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and bring you closer to your debt-free journey. And I think it's, um, important to note, like you said, that you're on a five-year plan. Um, I think people forget that you don't become debt-free in, in three weeks, like right. <laughs> over an extended period of time. Um, yeah. you would have to do, go to some extreme measures and like sell a kidney kind of thing to like, right. you know. <laughs> able to pay um everything off that you that you own it's just it's, if you have a student loan you know you feel my pain like it would yes. i would have to sell yeah. my soul basically yes. to pay it off um you know a, a student loan is now i love my education that i got and i'm very thankful for everything but it is just it is a lot it is an undertaking that i don't think we realize when we're in school that we're going to have mm -hmm. afterwards and the way right. that just works and you know a, just adult expenses that um come into play and then you sit back you know 10 years out of school and you're like what what is this is this ever gonna right <laughs> is this ever going to be <laughs> stuck with this until the day i leave this earth like it yeah. just it feels endless and it's the same with a mortgage you know it all works mm -hmm. that way but it's it's hard, man. It is hard, but we are all in this together. And it's nice to have people like Nikki around who are in our community and are doing all these different things. Um, I don't know, Nikki, if you follow Brittany um, on YouTube, her YouTube name is Essential Endeavors. And she doesn't have social media. She doesn't have like an Instagram or anything like that. And she basically does the same thing that you do with budgeting, but with okay. reselling and um, her journey with that. So she lays out all of her numbers in her um, in her sales and what she's sourcing, like she is showing you the raw numbers on the side of the screen and mm -hmm. she's explaining them. I mean, to a T she's very honest with them. And I think that's why her channel has grown so much too, is that she's so authentic with it. And she's right. not coming out saying, you know, like I'm a six figure reseller, which if you are, that's great. Like that, I am not coming at you at all, but she is, um, I guess a more attainable version of a reseller that people can relate mm -hmm. to where right. when you watch the six figure sellers now we love them and we admire them but it took them years to get there mm -hmm. um and it almost becomes defeating when you watch them sometimes so to yeah. see someone who is an up-and-comer and who is so honest and raw and authentic 
I think it, a lot of people uh, relate to that. And I think the same will be with your channel as well. People will relate to the things that you have to say and, and your methods and, and being um, a single mom with two wonderful children and how you are incorporating, you know, spending time with them, mm -hmm. but still being able to reach your financial goals to make sure that their lives, you know, are, are in a, a place where, you know, you're not worrying all the time and you right. provide for your family and, and provide for yourself and things that you want to do as well. You know, paying off a car is a, is a big deal. Like that, yes. <laughs> deal. Um, and that eliminates a huge chunk of money that you don't have to, you can just then put in savings. Like you said, you wanted to mm -hmm. make like three years worth of money, you know, in a savings account. And I think that's genius. And that's something that eventually I would like to do as well as um, at least have three months worth of income in a savings account. And then I would like to then invest that money and then create another savings account and then have another three months worth of income. And that can just stay mm -hmm. there and that can continue to grow. So like I have different ideas of how I want to do it. I'm a big fan of investing. Um, that is my ultimate goal is with my reselling money is once I can eliminate some of the debt that I have is I would like to then start taking that reselling money and investing it in stocks and bonds and all that kind of stuff. Um, I think yeah. it's extremely important as people our age around our age, um, mm -hmm. in your 30s, it is important to start thinking about retirement in the future because we don't know what it's going to yeah. look like when we reach our 60s. Um, I think yeah. the world will be a lot, a, very different. <laughs> yeah. In our 60s, we don't know Social Security will be around, you know, and there's just so many different factors um, that we just don't know. And I think it's important when you're in your 30s to just start planning and investing now so that when you do reach that point, you have the money, you can help your family, you can do what you want to do. Um, you know, your children and grandchildren don't have to worry about, you know, expenses and different things. Mm -hmm. I, I'm a big, big advocate of that. And maybe it's because I come from an immigrant family. I don't know. And my grandmother came here, my grandfather and grandmother came here with nothing um, and worked two or three jobs and bought, you know, cars in cash and bought their house in cash. And, you yeah. know, they just, that's how they did things. And I think growing up with that, and um, seeing what my family accomplished is just something that I want to continue doing. It's just much harder in 2022 to do that. Right, right. In and 2022, it's like, you know, these three <laughs> years are like these pivotal weird years that we're in right now. It started like in 2018, 2019, but like things have just gotten so expensive. Yes. Um, and I feel like the market isn't really going to change until 2022, 2023. I feel like that's when we'll start seeing maybe a little bit of a dip, but right now we're on like such a high. Um, yeah. it, it's just impossible <laughs> to do. Yep. Everything has went up. Yeah. Everything. Everything, whether it be a house or, you know, whatever it is that you want to get groceries. Let's talk about groceries, right? Yeah. Now. <laughs> How difficult it is to even purchase groceries. It's just so expensive. Things you would have been able to buy maybe even four years ago and spend $100. Now you're spending closer to $200. Mm -hmm. um, the inflation's just, it's high and I don't see it going down anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're right, Daniela, because just the other day I purchased some gloves because I like to use gloves while I'm at work. Mm -hmm. And normally I would get them off Amazon and they're like $9.97, $9.90, you know, no more than 10 bucks. Now yeah. they're like 30 bucks. I'm like, wow. Yeah. It's for it's some gloves. Great. Something as simple as even toilet paper. Like yeah. Toilet paper that would maybe cost you five or six dollars before is costing you 13. So yeah. that, you know, also goes into budgeting, right? Like yeah. understanding that with the times things change um, and inflation can go up and prices can go up and just learning 
how to constantly adjust your budget. So Nikki, how do you, how do you do that? How do you keep adjusting your budget and, and keeping yourself afloat and not driving yourself crazy? Because I feel like when anyone starts going down this budgeting road, you can, you can drive yourself insane. You just, you're right. constantly changing things and then you're getting upset with yourself because you're not hitting certain goals. And like, mm -hmm. how do you keep a clear head and not letting all that affect you? Well, I just go back through my transaction at least 90 days and see what exactly I'm spending my money on and then how much am I spending it on. And then I just readjust from there. So if I go back and I look at all of my transactions and I see that, okay, well, um, at the beginning of the year, I was only spending $200 for groceries and now I'm spending like $250. So maybe I need to readjust my budget to maybe $300. And I just set aside and sometimes maybe you could take away from the other things. So for me, that was one of my real categories. I was spending more money in groceries because groceries were, were going up. But however, I was, wasn't going out as much for fun and entertainment because everything was mostly closed. And then plus I'm not going really, you know, out like that with everything going on. So I can kind of, I don't have to give myself a hundred dollars a week anymore. I can just give myself a hundred dollars every other, um, every time I'm paid. So that's yeah. what I've been doing. So you just have to go through everything um, in your transactions where you're spending money at and just add it up. And from there, that's how you get your numbers. Just why set a budget you, for it. Why do you think we always, people in general, I say we, um, mm -hmm. feel guilty when we look at transactions and what we spend our money on? Why do you think because, that? I think we feel guilty because we, we just don't know we just don't know where exactly our money is going we're just swiping our cars we, we we're getting paid from you know our full-time job or reselling and we're just out here just oh I just got paid and I'm just you know buying things we feel guilty I really I don't I don't really even know what to say about that but me personally I feel guilty because I feel like I make this money. Maybe I should be able to do something for myself. And you can, it's just, you just need to set a limit on it. It's just, you don't need to be out here just spending every single day, just recklessly. Yeah. I think I feel guilty spending money on myself because mm -hmm. in my head, I think, okay, well that $40 I just spent on a pair of jeans that I've wanted for a really long time. And they yep. were, and I only own two pairs of jeans. So I justify <laughs> it by that way. Like, you know, I really should own more than two pairs of jeans. Um, this is a real life story. Just happened last week. I own two pairs of jeans. This is true life. I own two pairs of jeans, two good American jeans. One was thrifted. And one I bought off of um, Blake, who was posh, posh boss. Mm -hmm. Blake. Um, I bought it off of him because I like to support small businesses. Those are the only two pairs of jeans I own. Everlane had a sale this past week. Um, and the pair of jeans that I wanted were $48, I think. So I said to myself, they're on sale. You've wanted a pair for a really long time, and but they're always regular price. You have a little extra money in your reselling um, bank account. Use $48 and buy yourself a pair of jeans. Mm -hmm. The amount of guilt I've had up until the day they arrived, which was yesterday, has been insane. <laughs> I feel so guilty that I paid $48 for a pair of jeans for myself that I'm going to wear. And I think it's because in my head, I'm thinking I could use that $48 mm -hmm. towards whatever, right? Yeah. I want to put it towards. Um, yeah. But I don't feel guilty spending the $48 on inventory. So right. there's a little right. bit of disconnect there. Yeah. And I, I can relate to that too, Daniela. Um, I received birthday money for my birthday. My birthday was back in October and I've been wanting a ring light. Now I had enough money to buy the ring light. The ring light was on sale, but I was like, okay, well, 
I really don't want to spend this um, amount of money on just a ring light. Do I really need the ring light right now? Like, so I get what you're saying when you're feeling guilty, but you have to treat yourself. You work hard every day. You're out here making money. So I feel like it, you know, it's just a, a, a gift to yourself for all of the things that you've done, especially yeah. if you're not really out here just spending money every single month on yourself because that's that's I don't do that either I, don't, I rarely buy myself anything anymore yeah. because I'm not going anywhere for one and then I have a whole bunch of clothing already in my closet and then I'm at work in uniforms most of the time mm -hmm. so and my guilty um, pleasure is sneakers that I love sneakers that's my <laughs> thing <laughs> that's my thing but, but I haven't purchased a sneaker probably since the summertime so that's yeah, a big so I, you like something yeah, when you're when you're used to spending money at least once a week on shoes, yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> Nikki loves shoes. Nikki loves yes. sneakers, so <laughs> the fact that she hasn't bought any is a pretty big deal. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> When's the last time you bought a pair of Jordans? Oh my gosh, I haven't bought any Jordans in a long time. The last pair that I received was my boyfriend bought bought them for me, and I still haven't worn them yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that 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 goes to show you that <laughs> because yeah, I, I don't I don't get a chance to wear them all it's like right. I still have brand new sneakers in here that I really get a chance to wear yeah I'm in the same boat because I go into an office so right now it's been very you know casual and, I, and I've been able to wear like leggings and stuff like that but um for the most part my wardrobe is all business casual clothing so I have work pants I have blouses I have lots of blouses like that's what my wardrobe is I never have casual clothes because on the weekend I typically right. throw on a pair of leggings and, right. call it a day. and maybe throw right. one of my blouses that I wear for work like that's what I usually do so this year I've made it a goal for myself is in in you know being in budget and not going over budget and buying a lot of thrifted mm -hmm. stuff or buying on Poshmark um yeah. incorporating more casual clothes more like comfy sweaters, more like, you know, jeans, things like that, because my wardrobe is based around work. I don't have a right. Wardrobe. Mm -hmm. Oh, hold on one second. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Nikki. Oh, no, you're fine. She called because I didn't, I didn't call her this morning. So she's like, <laughs> where are you? I'll be there soon. <laughs> anyway, uh, where were we? I don't remember. Um, yeah, I forgot to go. Yeah, it's all right. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Um, okay, yeah. Nikki, is there anything that you want to add? Anything that you want to share with our audience? Um, anything at all that we haven't talked about? Yes, I just want to say that if there's anyone out there that want to get started with their budgeting journey, their debt-free journey, um, I do go live on Instagram every Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and I will answer any of your questions that you may have. Um, I also will bring you on live if you want to do that. We can chat about budgeting. We can chat about um, reselling if that's what you want to talk about or if that's what you want to do on the side. I I still consider myself a new reseller, but I do make a little, you know, extra money over there to throw towards this debt. And so can you. So, yeah, that's all I wanted to say about that. Yes. So I will link all of Nikki's stuff down below. Make sure you follow her on Instagram. Go follow her. Subscribe to her channel on YouTube. Check out her workbook that is on Etsy. And I hope this was helpful to you guys. It's a little different than what we normally talk about, but I think it's 
important to discuss budgeting because it does relate to our businesses and our personal lives. And uh, yeah, and I like Nikki. So, you know, <laughs> I had to give the opportunity to come on here and promote herself. <laughs> Thank you, Daniela. You know, I love you. I know. I love you too, Nikki. Nikki's been on my YouTube channel too, which yes, I know a lot of you have reached out and have said, when are you going to post another video on YouTube? My phone doesn't work for those who don't know. Um, I, their audio does not work on my phone. I have to put um, headphones in and, or I have to be in my car. Um, so it makes it difficult for me to record, <laughs> wow. uh, but it's okay. My new phone should be here hopefully in the next couple of weeks. I've been waiting since the end of October, but Okay, iPhone, you know, they have high <laughs> demand there, those iPhones. Uh, so yes, with time, I will be back on. You guys will see me there soon, someday. I'm enjoying not doing YouTube right now. Right. <laughs> so I'm just going to talk about that. I've been focusing on other things. <laughs> right. I just can't see how you doing all of these oh, things, Daniela. Nikki, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes I think I'm losing my mind, but you know, yeah. it's okay. I enjoy doing all the things that I do. Um, yeah. I just, it's who I am as a person. I am a Capricorn. I like to have control of things and I just like to do a million things at once and be productive mm -hmm. and share. And I'm a teacher at heart. So yeah, it's just, it's something that comes natural to me. Right. And, and I think I just overthink things. Sometimes it doesn't have to be all just fancy like I guess I'm trying to get into yeah, the fancy, fancy stuff but I'm not trying I'm I'm not growing I have to let that come up come as I grow so yeah. sometimes I just sit there and I just talk on the video and then you know that's my video for the week oh I remember what we were talking about before I got my phone call the ring light oh. <laughs> <laughs> remembered it right at the end of the podcast <laughs> sorry guys real life this is how we do things here no script we just go on the fly <laughs> right <laughs> which is just the way we do everything right <laughs> so thank you so much nikki for being on thrifters villa thank you to everyone who is listening i hope that you learned something new and uh, please reach out to nikki if you have any questions on anything go check her out and i will talk to you guys next week with Lori. bye bye